0: What's It All About Show, with your host, Al Roberts, let's get ready to rumble! Time to end this I need a to welcome to the What's It All About? of a show with me, Al Roberts, hope you're keeping well, welcome to the show guys. Um... What a week, what a great week we've had, Um, this past weekend's UFC was absolutely unreal, Um, you will have to bear with me today, I'm absolutely full of hair fever, up to my eyeballs with it, Um, I can barely breathe, that's why I sound like I'm proper, yeah, I I sound fucked, but bear with me, Um, yeah, I can't really breathe properly, my eyes look like I'm fucking high as fuck, but honestly, like... Yeah, it it's fucked me up. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, uh, to, this show is actually strangely enough um, the fiftieth episode of this show I've ever done. So I think that's fucking amazing. Like, um, so yeah, thank you to everyone who listens each week. Thank you to everyone who uh, follows me on social media and engages on there and likes my shit. That I, I, I really appreciate everyone. I really do. I think it's it's been crazy, man. Like, yeah. 50 episodes of um, 50 episodes of a little show that I just thought I'd have a pop at during lockdown last year and just see where it went. And strangely enough, it's, yeah. Um, also, this week i my Instagram's gaining followers by the week at the minute, which is fucking amazing, man. Um, I also want to talk about not to uh, yeah. I, I, just, I was just gonna, I'm just going to talk about it. Uh, Yeah, this last week I had some of the most amazing shit that's ever happened to me on social media. Um, I put a post up about Jens Jen's Pulver, the first ever lightweight champion in UFC. Um, He actually liked the post and commented, which was fucking, blew me away. It was fucking unreal. Um, I also had um, Art Davies comment on it as well. Um, Art Davies is one of the original co-founders and creators of the UFC. Uh, so that just, fuck, like, oh, I I can't explain how much I was absolutely fanboying over that. It was just blew me away, man. Like, it was fucking incredible. Um, I also did a post about Shane uh, Burgos, who fought at the weekend. He liked that. That was fucking cool as hell. Um, shout out to Johnny Munoz, UFC fighter who commented on one of my posts the other day. And I also put a post up about um, one of my favorite fighters of all time, Chris Lydell. And yeah same again he he liked it followed my page and commented so this week for me personally has just been absolutely incredible like I can't even just little things like that that have just yeah it, it blew me away having all those people interact with me and and like and comment and follow my page I think it's fucking pretty amazing to be honest like Um, but yeah, like, my my Instagram's blew up to, I'm on 325 followers, I think literally maybe a month ago I was on maybe like 150 maybe, if that, so, yeah, in the last like couple of weeks, it's, it's probably, yeah, it's picking up quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of fan base, so it's cool, man, but yeah, um, if this is the first time you listen to the show, by the way, on JMA Radio, um... Go follow me on Instagram, it's just what's it all about, MMA, or search Al Roberts. Um, I am on Facebook, but I don't use it because Facebook don't let anyone see your posts and don't really share your posts freely unless you pay for boosts, so fuck Facebook basically. Um, I'm on also, if you miss a show on JMA Radio, which is on 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock, sorry, 11 o'clock on a Monday, 1 o'clock, and 11 o'clock on a Thursday, if you miss that show, shows are uploaded on friday to spotify itunes and pocketcast so go check them out yeah but uh yeah 50 episodes in getting some decent interactions online which blew me away my instagram followings going up bit by bit so yeah things are good man like yeah i'm still uh, 50 episodes in i still love doing this every week i really do i enjoy it i get to sit here and chat about and rant about the sport that I absolutely adore and love, so it's cool, man. It, it's really fucking cool. I really, really, really appreciate it. But yeah, like I say, bear with me today. I am fucking, I'm being a little bitch and I'm suffering from hair fever. Judge me as you will, but I, it fucking sucks and it's pissing me off. But I'm here to do the show, I'm here to give it a pop, so we'll be alright. Moving on though, this week's show, guys, uh, we have got UFC 262 from the weekend was a fucking banger, we got a new lightweight champion, a lot of ups and downs as always with any card, uh, we're going to talk about Joe St-Pierre turns 40 this week, which is crazy, um, we're going to talk about this coming weekend, Font versus Garbrandt and the rest of that card, we've got the return of The Ultimate Fighter on June 1st, I'm very excited for that, I'm going to talk, give my feelings on the return of The Ultimate Fighter and also this week in MMA history, We've got UFC on effects, Belfort versus Rockhold, all the way back from, bear with me, May 18th, 2013. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about a couple of things from that card that are very memorable to me and, yeah, how they've impacted the sport. So, yeah, let's get into UFC 262. So, this past weekend we had UFC 262 and it was an absolute banger of a card in my opinion there were some fucking crazy moments there were some real fucking downer moments let's let's just be honest we'll get to that in a minute let's just start with that main event man what a fucking crazy fight this was um charles oliveira just proving me wrong time and time again uh when when will i learn my lesson man when will i learn? yeah um i thought chandler was going to destroy him in a round. I should I shouldn't say destroy. I thought he was going to manage to clip him early and pull him out, and he did. He clipped him in the first round, but not without adversity, man. Charles Oliveira is the new lightweight champion, man. Like he's the number one lightweight in the world now. There's no dispute in it. Um, yeah, we'll get onto a few things in a minute, which I think might change that. but um, yeah man what a fight first round oliveira takes chandler's back chandler escapes absolutely hits him with a barrage of power, just absolute power shots and drops him. um tries to finish him on the ground oliveira survives we make it to the second round and it just looks like one sooner or later chandler's going to take him out it, honestly that's the feeling i got i i, I was like goddamn Chandler Chandler's going to take him out in the second round. Oliveira hit one of the most picturesque, perfect left hooks I've ever seen. Stunned Chandler, dropped him, and then just swarmed him and finished him. And my God almighty, Charles Oliveira is fucking legit. Like, yeah, even going into this fight, everyone knew Ch- uh, Charles Oliveira was a different breed of animal to, you know, who he was eight eight or so fights ago or whatever. This puts him on a nine fight win streak and now he's the lightweight champion man. Like goddamn. It's fucking insane. Like it's crazy. The lightweight division is, is a shark tank of fighters. I, I say it all the time like I, if I if someone said like pick the hardest division in the UFC, it's lightweight. I don't think I'd even have to take a breath. I think the lightweight division is the the premier division in the UFC. It really is. Everyone in that top 15 are fucking murderers. Um, but yeah, man, like Charles Oliveira is just so fucking good. He's striking has came such a long way. His jiu-jitsu is just... The guy is an absolute fucking anaconda when it comes to the ground. That guy can wrap you up in anything. And he, I think he's got. he's probably got a submission for pretty much most things in the UFC now. But um, yeah, I don't even know... What more to say than, than God damn. Congratulations, Charles Oliveira, UFC lightweight champion. It's cr- fucking crazy, man. Um, but Chan- like I say, that first round, Chandler came close to taking Charles out. Second round starts and Charles just puts it together perfectly and lands the right shots at the right time and ends Chandler. Ends him. It's incredible, man. Um, I think it's pretty obvious what comes next for for. Chan uh sorry for Oliveira in the sense of uh the winner of yeah, let's be realistic. The winner of um Poirier and McGregor is probably gonna get the shot at him. Now personally I think I think Poirier pieces up McGregor again, takes him out and goes for the title. I really do. Um and realistically, despite being completely undeservant of it, if McGregor beats Poirier, he'll he'll get the title shot. There's no two ways about it. The UFC love the man too much. They really do. And so are the fans in a lot of ways. So it's not shocking like it is what it is. Like it's just the politics of the sport to pick that McGregor beats Poirier, he'll get the title shot. That's just how it goes. Um I've seen like I'm, I'm still reading a lot of things online saying that hypothetically if McGregor fights Charles he'll he'll take him out in a round and he'll destroy him. I don't think I don't think you motherfuckers know who Charles Oliveira is. I really don't. Like, fuck. Like you, everyone still has this um, impression of McGregor. Like he's you know the McGregor who knocked out Eddie Alvarez and Aldo and all that. He's not that same Conor McGregor. He's just not. He's a different. He's 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 a lacking version of that. Whether you like to admit it or not. So, yeah, it, we're going to get Charles Oliveira versus the winner of Poirier and McGregor. That's, that's a no-brainer, in my opinion. It really is. Um, the big question is, what do you do with Michael Chandler? Um, I think there's multiple options, but let's be honest, the one, the one everyone wants to see, we want, we want Chandler versus Gaethje. Let's be honest, that's the fight we fucking want. That is the fight we want. We want to see Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Two guys with good wrestling pedigrees, absolute knockout power, and iron will, and they're just going to charge into each other like fucking 2-4 before us hitting each other. It's going to be fucking carnage. Beautiful, violent carnage. It's going to be amazing. That's 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 my go-to. There's no two ways about it. Like, let's get Gatie Chandler put in the mix. Winner of that. Yeah, that's, that catapults kind of them back into contention, I think. Especially Gate coming off a loss against Khabib. Obviously, the other big takeaways, of all, obviously, the big conversations have been, you know, how would uh, Charles there fare against Khabib? Like, I'm the, I'm the first one to say I don't think there's any lightweight in the world that beats Khabib. No lightweight at all. Not one. And that's just how it goes. The only thing is with uh Oliveira is he just has such a solid groundwork, uh ground game. It does make you ask questions about how Khabib would have dealt with that. Especially taking him down and, you know, maybe fucking about in his guard with ground and pound. It makes you wonder what it, what tricks Oliveira would have for that. But we're not gonna see it, let's be honest. But that seems to be a lot of conversation this last week. I think the big question is, you know. It's the same when John Jones left light heavyweight. People are always gonna question the legitimacy of the champion when the champ legitimacy legitimacy of the new champion when the old champions um left. You know what I mean? When they vacated, sorry, vacated the belt. So yeah. But yeah, man, like Charles Olera in the second round looked absolutely fucking phenomenal. Takes out Chandler. Yeah. Winner of uh McGregor gets Oliveira and Michael Chandler heals up and fights Justin Gaethje. That's just how, I think that's what everyone wants. Um, Lightweight core main event was a bad one. It it fucking sucks. Um, Beniel Darius getting the decision win over Tony Ferguson. Look, absolutely fucking great win for Beniel Darius. Like, absolutely fucking great win. He looked perfect in his game plan, did everything right. And Tony Ferguson, despite on the feet, Tony Ferguson didn't get touched, but didn't exactly land anything on Dariush either. Um, just put it on him, man. He just did. He just put it on him. Easy as. Um, This is three in the row. Three in the row for uh, Tony Ferguson. I think it's been yet another tough pill to swallow for the MMA community. Everyone's a Tony Ferguson fan. There's no two ways about it. I don't know anyone who watches MMA and doesn't. Seriously, like, going nuts for Tony Ferguson. What, what was incredible was in this fight was the fact that uh, Darius had, had Ferguson in one of the nastiest heel hooks I've seen in, quite, in, a, in a while. Definitely in a minute. And fuck, man, he was wrenching that thing and Tony was grimacing and he would not fucking tap out. Like, he's probably shredded his leg in about three areas and would not tap to a heel hook. It's fucking crazy, man. What an absolute psychopath! <coughs> an actual psychopath. Like that's fucking insane. But, um, I think you've got to start with what do you do with Tony Ferguson? Um, you've got to start looking. For me personally, you've got to start looking definitely lower. Lot. Well, sorry. Yeah, lower in the rankings. Really, you really have. You've got to start looking. You can't, you can't let him fight an unranked guy by any means, but you've got we've got to be realistic with that, with Tony Ferguson now. You really have. Like, at the end of the day, the guy's on a three-fight losing streak. I don't know. Like, personally, Tony Ferguson versus, I think Tony Ferguson versus, maybe Diego Ferreira. I'd say Diego Ferreira or Gregor Gillespie. That would be my shout, personally. That might be right, I might be wrong, but I don't think I don't think he wants to or needs to fight any I mean any of those higher rank guys. Like at the minute that, that you know the top five Tony Ferguson's ranked sixth at top five at lightweight. You've got McGregor, Chandler, Dariush, Gaethje, Poirier. If if Poirier beats McGregor, do you do McGregor Ferguson? That's a shout, to be fair. Two guys, both on a on a very obvious decline. Maybe that's the one. Maybe it is actually thinking about it. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, we see how um, if McGregor loses to to Poirier, we do we do McGregor Ferguson. I think that's the one. The other question is, <coughs> excuse me. The other question is, what do we do with Derryush? Because Derryush now is on some fucking absolute kill streak and taking everyone out, left, right, and centre. Um, I think we've got to do. He could fight Gaethje, but I think that we re- realistically we want Gaethje Chandler. So let's do Dariush. Let's do Dariush that I think that fight makes sense. Dariush is definitely on the cusp of a title shot. Without a doubt, he is. So for me, yeah, I'd like to see Dariush versus uh, RDA. I think RDA is still a legit force at lightweight, like, and I think that's the way to go. But yeah, tough one to swallow with Tony Ferguson on three losses, man. Fucking sucks. I mean, don't get me wrong, you look at who he's lost to in the likes of... He lost to Justin Gaethje, who went on to fight for the title. Charles Oliveira, went on to win the fucking title. And Dariush, who's now, a, now on a seven-fight win streak, and could quite possibly, after one more win, fight for the title. So let's see how it goes, man. But yeah, tough one to swallow. Real tough one. But yeah, other fights on the card, there were some good fights, there were some bangers. Uh Matt Schnell versus uh Rogerio uh Bontorin. I thought that was a good fight, man. I really enjoyed that fight. Bontorin obviously fucked the weight, cut and came in a bit heavy, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good little fight, real good back and forth. Uh Caitlin Chu Chu Chukagan, sorry, versus uh Vivian Aru- Aru- Arujo. Arujo. That was a banger. I thought that was a fucking quality fight. The main fight, the fight of the night, for me personally, was featherweight clash between Shittin Burgess and Edson Barbosa. Wow, what a fucking scrap that was. In every way. What a fucking scrap. Um Edson Barboza getting getting the third round knockout. A delayed knockout as well. Crack Burgess with a with a heavy right hand. Burgess looked like he was he was still in it, then next thing you know, staggered and just out of nowhere, just hit the deck. It was crazy, man. It was such a fucking crazy reaction. It was almost like his his mind was still there, but his body just went, nah, that's enough. And just staggered back into the fence, a few more strikes, he was out. Crazy, crazy delayed reaction to a big right hand, but Barboza, Barboza looked fucking good in that fight, man. Vintage Barbosa as well. Heavy leg kicks. Heavy heavy handed combos. Um I had it around each going into the third and the, you know it's fucking fight of the night, The both boys got 75k each, so that's always good. That was nice to see. So it was good man. Like the main card was fucking sick, but yeah, I don't know what you do with barbos. I think barbos can fight any of those featherweights. The guy looked incredible. He looked in, in, in incredible shape for 145 fought an absolute murderer, and Shane Burgess, as for Shane Burgess, he's another guy who can fight anyone in that 45 division, and put on a damn good show, and a damn good fight, so, yeah, it's, um, the options are there for both gentlemen, and the options are very fucking open for both as well, so, yeah, our prelim card, the big takeaway from the prelim card was, uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza getting his arm snapped in half by Andre Andre Munez. That was savage. Um, bit of a back and forth with the, a lot of clinch and stuff like that. Andre Muniz got Ronaldo Souza's back. Souza rolled him off. He snared an arm in the process, and you hear I heard the fucking snap before the fucking fight was stopped. Like that arm was broke. Jacare Souza is a fucking animal. Because he didn't even flinch when his arm was broke. After the fight, he was stood there, smiling, laughing and hugging Andre Muniz. Insane. Like, what an absolute fucking warrior. What a fucking savage. Who breaks their arm in half and just acts like they don't? It doesn't even faze them. Um, tough one for Souza though. Like I think that puts him on like... I think he's... Off the top of my head, I want to say he's maybe like 2-4 and four in his last six. Something like that, but he's he's lost four in the belt. Like all against good people, don't get me wrong. But it's a tough one to watch. This is a guy who was like pretty much the number one contender for quite a long time, and just never quite got the chance to have a title shot, which is a shame. Yeah, I don't know what you do with Susan now. He's you know knocking on forty odd year old, just had a serious arm break in this fight. I don't know. I don't know what he does next. Maybe retirement's looming. Maybe so. Uh, we saw Lando Venata get a good decision against Mike Grundy. That was a hell of a good fight. I really enjoyed it, but the fuck me, the judges had it all over the shop all night. All night on this UFC, the judges' judges scorecards have made no fucking sense. But yeah, Lando Venata showing his tough as fuck as always, and a hell of a fucking crazy striker. Defeats Mike Grundy by decision. Great fight. Uh, Jordan Wright made short work of Jamie Pickett at a middleweight bout. First round KO, very good fucking performance for Jordan Wright. Uh, Andrea Lee got an absolutely fucking beautiful submission win over Antonina Shevchenko, who is sister's with, sister to Valentina Shevchenko. That was a fucking crazy one. Fucking hell of a good submission, man. Hell of a good submission. Um, yeah, uh, early pre's, we saw... The highlight from the early, the only fight I saw from the early pre's was uh, Christoph uh, Giagos, um, his beautiful, beautiful anaconda choke against uh, Sean, Mur- Sean Soriano. That was fucking sick. Absolutely amazing submission. Yeah, two sixty two was a banger, really. Mainly just for that. Yeah, main main reasons that it was a banger. Charles Oliveira, um, pretty much knocking out Michael Chandler was fucking insane. Um, Ferguson losing sucked but Dariush has seriously got some good, finally got some credit he deserves and the shame Burgos getting knocked out by Barbosa was fucking crazy man absolutely fucking crazy um, yeah hell of a card man but congratulations to Charles Oliveira I think we see him versus the winner of Poirier and McGregor and from a fan point of view uh, let's get Gaethje Chandler let's just fucking have it Let's have Gaethje channel as soon as possible. Whatever it takes, as soon as you can. If not, I've got a feeling Dariush might get thrown to Chandler and uh, thrown to Gaethje and I think Gaethje smashes Dariush if I'm being honest. Just my opinion though. I might be wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> Moving on though. Uh, we have got George St-Pierre turns 40 this week. I'm only doing a little segment on this but it blew my mind a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I was like, what the fuck? Like, Joseph pierres 40 years old, man. Um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about Joseph St-Pierre for a little bit, I think, more than anything. Like, um, Joseph St-Pierre might be the greatest fight, like, greatest MMA fighter of all time. He actually might be, yeah. I, I, think, I don't think many people can actually debate it. Um, you can. You can argue for a lot of different people at the court, but GSP being 40 is crazy, man. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that he's not going to come back. Um I watched quite a few interviews with him the other week. He did uh Joe Rogan's podcast, he did uh, Alex Friedman, he was on there. Like Joe Pierre is a super interesting guy, man. Like he really is. Such a such an intelligent mind for fighting. Just such a an upstanding human being, I think, in a lot of ways as well. Just an all-round good guy, man. But um listen to his conversations about like the likes of, you know, fighting Khabib and stuff like that. Um I like how honest he was. How he's he's comfortable. He's happy where he is. He doesn't want to fight anymore, except for if he goes and trains at that peak of training. He reckons that if Dana White walked in with a contract, he'd sign it there and then. Um, but yeah, George St. Pierre's forty. I think that's crazy. I really do. I remember uh, watching GSP when he was when shit man, like he was young. Like hell, he might have been early twenties when I first watched him watched him debut in the UFC. Um, off the top of my head I can't remember I can't remember I think that maybe the first time I watched him fight was maybe it was a good couple of fights in it was maybe Jason Miller back in like 2005 give or take but you know this is a guy who debuted in UFC in 2004 I was just look. Just look I'm not going to lie I'm looking over his record right now but this is a guy who debuted against um, Cara Parisian uh, 2004 yeah yeah, yeah. January 31st, that's crazy man, absolutely crazy, but yeah, GSP's 40, time fucking flies man, flies, so yeah, he, he was what, early, early 20s then, look, the guy. The guy's a legend in the sport, so happy birthday GSP, like, I genuinely hope he enjoys his career, like, um, enjoys his career post-fighting, I really do, <coughs> excuse me, um, I know he's um, doing a lot of well not a lot, he's been doing quite a bit of acting and that obviously he's got a, a mainstay character in the Marvel Universe which I think is pretty cool but yeah, GSP's 40 years old um, yeah I think he did it right GSP he did he did his career right, he really did yeah, uh, fought a lot of the greatest people a lot of the greatest fighters at welterweight, went up in weight to middleweight to win the title after he's not fighting for like 3 years or something crazy man absolutely quality like, all around good guy GSP I, I can't say a wrong word against him I really can't I think the guy's incredible um, great career and yeah, I think it's quite I think it's been quite good listening to him do interviews and say he's not fighting anymore and he's pretty sure he's, he's done and dusted I think that's great but I'll tell you one thing if there was ever a guy to come back at 40 plus years old out of nowhere and still compete it would be George St-Pierre it really would He would be the guy that come back at 40, 45 and still compete and win. I genuinely believe that. He'd be that one guy who could maybe manage doing it. But, yeah, either way, happy birthday to the GSP, 40 years old, man. Fucking crazy. Now, this weekend coming, we've got an absolute banger of a main event on the UFC fight night. An absolute banger. Um, I was very excited very excited when this fight got announced and that is uh Rob Font versus Cody Garbrandt, man. This fight is going to be fucking fireworks. Um Yeah, uh Rob Font Rob Font is legit as fuck. This guy is, uh, has uh had some serious fucking seriously decent tests to be honest, right throughout his UFC career. He really has. He's fought some damn good people. Uh I mean the guy guy's fought for like in the UFC for about seven years, give or take. And he's put... Man, this guy has put some decent wins together. He really has. He's went on a couple of little runs of, like, a couple of, couple of wins here and there. But he's currently on, like, a, a three fight. Well, I think he's, like, four and two in his last six. Um, his only loss is coming to submission to Pedro Munoz, who's a beast, and a decision loss to Rafael Sonsal. Otherwise, he's, you know, in his latest uh, run... He beat Sergio Pettis, who's who's now the Bellator bantamweight champion. Bear that in mind. Uh, Win over Ricky Simone, who's a who's a hell of a handful in that division, and he just knocked out Marlon Moraes. Rob Font's legit as fuck. Um, Yeah, like, but then you've got Cody Garbrandt, who, let's be honest, like, took a bit of a turn for the worst recently. Uh, Went on a three fight. Losing streak, all knockouts. Um, two losses to T.J. Dillashaw, which is no shame whatsoever. Then got into a crazy fire fight with Pedro Munoz and got knocked out by him as well. Um, then came back and looked better than ever when he knocked out Rafael dos So I don't even know where I don't know where I stand with this. Really, to be honest, um, I, th- I honestly think Rob Font's a bad matchup for Garbrandt. I think Font's boxing is incredible. I think he's tough as nails and I think he's starting to hit a peak that people aren't quite fucking aware of how good he is. Um, I had a bit of a back and forth with uh blessed Picks on Instagram this week saying about how I genuinely think Rob Font is going to sleep Garbrandt. I, I, people are talking about this Garbrandt 2.0, et cetera, and all that shit. I'm all for that. I rate Garbrandt. I think he's got some of the best boxing uh, in MMA. I think his hands are incredible. Um, I don't know if he's done enough to get out of that mentality of getting into a slugfest. I think the guy's too tough for his own good, and that's a compliment. I think he thinks he's well. I think he, he knows he's tough as fuck, and I think if he gets into some crazy firefight with Font, look, one of them is going to sleep in this fight. I honestly, I honestly do not see this fight going going the distance. Five rounds of two guys who just slug it, nah. Someone's getting KO'd. I, I think, personally, I think Font takes him out, but, hey, man, Garbrandt's no no joke. Garbrandt, like, yeah, let's not o- overlook the fact that Garbrandt did look fucking incredible when he knocked out Sun he looked He looked fucking next level, but Font's hitting a peak. Font is hitting his peak right now and looks a fucking killer. Um... You know what I mean? you've got These two guys are sat at number three and number four in the rankings. I don't know what else to say about that. I really don't. Um, pff, winner of this? Winner of this could very easily, um, depending on how, how Cory Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw goes, that's that's been rebooked now. One of these boys wins, they could be quite easily fighting Alderman Sterling if Petri Jan's not getting back in there pretty sharpish to, to beat him, let's be honest. But yeah, I think I think this weekend, this headline is going to be an absolute fucking banger, an absolute banger of a fight. It really is. I'm not going to lie; the rest of the card isn't hasn't blown me away. Um, it's. I'm going to be honest, man. The rest of the it's a poor card. It really is like for 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 talent. It's just not there. It's really not. Um, but these are the sort of cards that you go in with uh, low expectations and you get blown away by some amazing performances. I mean, don't get me wrong, you've got, um, you've got people like uh, Jan Zionan against uh, Carlos Braza, women's strawweight, Colmaine. That's a banger. That's an unreal fight. Real great fight, honestly. Um, you've got people like Justin Taffers on the card, who's who's a banger. Big heavyweight guy who just slugs it Love that guy, man. He's he's good to watch. You've got our f- former featherweight contender, uh, Felicia Spencer, who's tough as nails. Some amazing grappling. Really short of grappling in quite a few her fights. Um, you got Jack Manson versus Edmund Shepazian. That's a quality fight, to be honest. Very interesting fight. Um, Ricardo Ramos who's against Bill Algeo. That's a fucking great fight. Ben Rothwell fighting Chris Barnett, who's debuting. Uh... That's a that's a good fight, but as for the rest, it's just I'm just not sold on it, man. Like, yeah, I'm not blown away by the card, but obviously, still gonna watch it. But I'm just not blown away by it by any means. Um, But like I say, these low expectation cards often turn out to be absolute bangers. So we'll see. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm still uh, yeah, if he was fucking me like, but yeah, we will see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I might come to come along next week with my show and just be blown away by this card i don 't know you never know, but for star power for like you know fan pulling pulling fans into the card, the headline is the the main attraction with this without even trying there 's not a lot of big big fights on this card at all, But still cool though man i 'm still watching it i'm I think that that main event's going to be an absolute killer so yeah, um, I'll call it now. Though I think I think Font, I think Font takes out Garbrandt, but I also, I, I think someone's getting knocked out. I just think Font takes Garbrandt out. That's my theory on it. But we will see. We will see. Right. Next thing I want to talk about is June first. We are getting the return of the illustrious, the ultimate fighter. Um. I've talked about the open fight a few times this year. When it got announced to bring it back, I got really excited when they were apparently in talks to get uh, Hoyer Masvidal and Kobe Corvitton to coach it. That fell apart. It is what it is. But we have got um, Brian Ortega and Alex Volkanovski, um, who are going to be the coaches. And then after the show, they're going to fight for the title, 145 title. So I'm really excited about that. I think it's a banger. I think that's a banger of a fight. Excuse me, but yeah, the Ultima Fighter though. Um, I I I was fucking obsessed with the Ultima Fighter when I was younger. I absolutely loved it. I really did. Like I thought it was just this amazing. As much as I hate reality TV on one hand, the Ultima Fighter, yeah, that had me hooked. The hook line and singer, it really did. You know what I mean? A load of fighters in a house, fighting for a contract each week. <clears throat> awesome. Absolutely awesome to watch. Um I'm currently watching watching um the open fighter season four, the comeback, featuring the likes of uh Matt Serra, uh Chris Lydell, um Patrick Cortez. I'm currently watching that at the minute, which yeah, it's very nostalgic re watching it. I- I'm thoroughly enjoying re watching it as well. I've just watched um, the Ultimate fight at Lesnar versus Dos Santos with uh, the likes of Tony Ferguson on. Yeah, uh, every so often I'll pick a season I haven't watched in years and I'll re-watch it and it's very nostalgic and I love it. Um, The thing I think with me where it fell off was it was just a lack of talent that was going in the house. There was a lot of guys on it that I think think they've had legit talent come through but nowhere near the level of where where it should be. yeah, I think it's been used as a bit of a feeder system for the UFC where the have thrown guys in the open fighter house who aren't ready for the UFC by any means, and it showed that when they've actually debuted in the UFC and they've been cans for people to crush, in my opinion. That's just me. I'm not going to talk shit about any fighters or anything like that, but, yeah, I think it fell off dramatically over the years and it just became very stale and uninteresting. Um. But the earlier seasons, like I say, the first probably anything up to the first like sort of 20 seasons or so were amazing. It really they really were. Um I don't even know. I don't even know what season this is. I can't remember how many seasons there are exactly, but um I mean this hasn't it hasn't I don't think it's broadcast since about 2018 that I know of. But it's interesting though. Um a big a really interesting one for me is looking through um I went on Wikipedia just to check out sort of any information I could find on the on the season. Uh you've got Team Volkanovsky and Team Ortega. Both guys have got serious jiu-jitsu coaches in the corners. Uh you've got Brian Ortega, has got uh Henna Gracie. Um just from the name Gracie, you know who that is. You know who that is, without a doubt. But Team Volkanovsky, they've got Craig Jones in there. Craig Jones is a fucking savage when it comes down to competition jiu-jitsu man the guy is an absolute legit savage the guy's fucking unreal so it's very interesting man very interesting to see that they've got a proper yeah they've both rigged themselves out with some serious firepower for jiu-jitsu coaches for this season i love it it's got me very interesting um the two weight classes bantamweight weight and middle weight which i think is great uh, I don't know. Looking through, looking through the names, I don't think I recognise any of the names that are coming into this. Which is, which I think is good because I think it would be nice to see some fresh talent. But I just hope that it is talent and not just a lot of guys are thrown in there to be whipping boys for the guys who might be actually quite good. Um, it's good though. Like I'm looking forward to it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it week in, week out. I know I will. Um what I always enjoy as well is the finales are always good. Um, I lie actually they're not always good. Usually they get a lot of guys basically the way to get on the finale is i have beef with a guy and don't fight him on the show, they'll throw you against each other in the finale for a little pop. Um that's what they tend to do, but I just don't ho- I just hope they don't fuck it up. Like I hope I hope they show plenty of the right stuff and focus less on the drama, more on the training for me personally. And I hope it's good. I really do. Um, I'm. I'm a big fan of Brian Ortega. Really big fan of him as a fighter. I really like Volkanovski as well. I'm just. I don't know. I'm a bit sour towards Volkanovski because of his shit decision win over, uh, Holloway, where Holloway got screwed. But otherwise, from that, it's nothing personal. I just prefer Ortega. But yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it, man. I think it will be. I'm hoping it will be good. I hope it brings something a bit fresh to it and to really make a good effort of it. I really do. And like I said, the, uh, judging from the uh, two two teams they're bringing in for coaches, they've got some serious, uh, some fucking serious firepower when it comes to jiu-jitsu coaches. So, in fairness, we might just see Volkanovski's team just he'll hook the way to victory right the way through. Craig Jones in there, we just don't know. But, yeah, I'm excited about it. June 1st, that's when it's airing. I believe they'll probably have it on BT Sport, if I had to guess, if you're in the U.K., If not, I'm not going to lie to you, it's probably not going to be that hard to find online to stream. But I'm not telling you you should illegally stream it, but if you were going to, I don't think it's going to be hard to find. Let's be honest. Sorry, Dana. So, we're going to finish today's show off with, as usual, this week in MMA history. Uh, This event, I think this event had a massive impact on the UFC. I really do. And it's just a small card, but yeah. Um, I find this very mem- a very memorable event in everywhere um, this was uh u f c on effects Belfort versus rockhold um we saw yeah it was um around the time that um the u f c um absorbed strike force uh strike force was a rival company that i've really enjoyed i thought they had some some great talent in strike force um yeah, I had a lot of love for Strikeforce. I really did. Um, they had a good roster. They had a lot of good fighters. That yeah, all went on to fight. All the top great guys that all came over to the UFC, which was great. It was a great merger. It was it was awesome, man. Um, but yeah, so Luke Rockhold was the Strikeforce middleweight champion. Um, he came over to the UFC and the Thum against uh, Vitor Belfort. But let's. Let's get one thing very clear: um, the Vito Belfort they threw him against was peak. We'll describe it as uh, we'll describe him as peak, uh, Vito Belfort. That's the way to determine uh, to describe him, I should say. Um, yeah, scary as fuck. Um, yeah, let's just say how it is. They threw him against T.R.T. Belfort, like. Vito Belfort, at this point of his career, was absolutely juiced to the fucking gills and looked like a fucking superhero. I believe Joe Rogan described him best. This man was an absolute, he was a product of science, man. Like, Jesus wept. Belfort, at this point of his career, was just the scariest motherfucker on the fucking face of the earth. He really was. He was absolutely jacked explosive, powerful, knockout power. And it showed it in this fight. He, he spinning heel kick the face off Rock, Luke Rockhold and finished him with strikes on the ground. One, it's one of I think it's one of my favorite knockouts of all time. Two, it, it, it sort of established the UFC as an absolute force over strike force, in my opinion. Little things I know, but yeah. You know what I mean? They threw their... They threw the top strike force guy against Vito Belfort, and Belfort starched him in the first round with a wheel kick. Incredible man. I love Vito Belfort, yeah. I really do. I think the guy was an absolute machine in his prime. He, he fought God knows who and when. You know, debuted in the UFC when he was, about 19 or something crazy like that. Uh, was he taking Mexican supplements for most of his career? Fucking right he was. there's no denying it, there's no point tiptoeing around it. The guy was, yeah, a product of fucking science. TRT, Vito Belfort was just terrifying, just head kicking the face off people, explosive, jacked, like, yeah. Go search a picture of Vito Belfort in like 2013, my god almighty. But yeah. Great event, honestly. Great, great card. Um, we also saw the debut of uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza, who obviously fought this weekend. Um, just gone. Um, they threw him against uh, Chris Kamozzi. He made such short work of Chris Kamozzi in everywhere. Um, arm triangle submission. I think it was first round, pretty much a couple of minutes in. Just manhandled him and subbed him out. Easy done, dusted. But, yeah, we saw the debut in this on this night of Luke Rockhold and Jacare, which is fucking awesome. The rest of the card, yeah, wasn't bad, actually, from what I can remember. Um, we saw RDA. RDA defeated Evan Dunham by decision. Uh, we had Rafael Natal on the card. Nick Lentz defeated Hakren Diaz. Francisco Ronaldo defeated uh, Mike Rio. Leeson Tebow, MMA veteran who's uh, currently fighting PFL, just being announced to fight Rory McDonald, actually, thinking about it. He got a submission over John Cholish. We had a uh, Brazilian standout back, in, back then, and he was Paulo Thiago getting a win on that card. Uh, Yuri, Yuri Alcantara um, beating Eladio uh, Santos. We had uh, veterans like Fabio Maldonado on the card, John Lineker. But yeah, the big thing to take away from this whole thing was the whole fact that we saw the debut of Luke Strike Strikeforce middleweight champion. He debuted, got absolutely annihilated by TRT Belfort. We are, Ronaldo Souza made his debut and looked like vintage prime Souza. But yeah, I, I always remember that knockout, I always remember, it's just, it was a good it was a good proving ground, but don't get me wrong, man. Like Luke Rockhold lost that fight, but then went on to pretty much fucking annihilate everyone else he fought after that. Um, you know what I mean? He lost he lost to Belfort and then he came back and TKO'd Costa Filippo. Um submitted Tim Borch with an absolutely unbelievable triangle Kimura. unbelievable finish. Um pretty much uh, choked, well knocked out and choked out Michael Bispin destroyed Layouto Machida, destroyed Chris Wyman for the title. You know what I mean? This was a guy who, they threw him in against the Wolves and he, he came out all right in the end. He really did. Obviously, he's, uh, yeah, he's not fought in a couple of years at the moment. He's had a qu- he's fought very well since 2017. Well, hell, since 2016, he's only fought three times. Um, Belfort obviously went on to um, after that fight, went on to have quite a few more fights. But, you know, that you got to think, like, he beat Rockhold, then he beat Henderson, got a title shot and lost, rematched Henderson again, won. He was then destroyed by uh, Ronaldo Souza and Gegard Nassasi and Kelvin Gaslam, got a very lacklustre lusted decision against Nate Marquardt, and then was front-kicked to death by Laiot Machida back in 2018. So, you know, if you actually analyse whose careers went better or worse after that, it's it's up to your own perception of that, really. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it was, I think it's a very memorable card and a very historic card to see. Yeah, it was good to see the Strikeforce guys come over and test their own against the UFC guys. It was good. Um, apologies for the way I've sounded throughout this entire episode. Um it's not been the easiest thing to talk and chatter on, but I've done it. But yeah, listening though, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks again to everyone who's been following me on Instagram and uh, following the page and commenting and liking. It's appreciated. Um, like I say, I can't I can't say how can't describe how blown away I was for some of the interactions with the likes of Jens Pulver, who's one of my favorite fighters of all time, Chris Lytle, another guy who's one of my favorite fighters of all time, and um, Art Davies. A guy who, you know, set set the benchmark for this sport. He really did. He, he's one of the most historic figures in MMA of all time, so that's fucking awesome as well. Uh thanks to Shane Burgess for liking the post I did on him. Johnny Munoz coming out of nowhere and commenting was cool as fuck. Uh yeah, it's been awesome, man. Honestly. Uh like I say, fiftieth episode. Uh is to another fifty, is to another five hundred. I mean it, um look if 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 i got two people listening to this each week i'd be happy i honestly would be like and the fact that the show's doing really well it's spiking each week it's going up each week the followers and the instagram and social media is booming at the minute i'm chuffed i really am i'm happy as larry so yeah thank you to everyone i mean it thanks to everyone who tunes in and takes time out of the day to have a listen to me rant on about a load of mma stuff love it yeah guys uh, take care of yourselves Look after yourselves, look after each other. I hope you all have a great week, great day, whatever time you're listening to this. And yeah, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.